Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And in a bit of news, the Packers' A.J. Dillon was the grand marshal, more or less, of the Roofing of the Goats Goat Parade in Door County this week. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's, so, I bet that was on his list of dream things to do at some point in life. I, Al Johnson's, a Swedish restaurant in Sister Bay, lets goats graze on its grass roof during summer. And every year they celebrate with Goat Fest, an all-day goat-filled go. affair featuring a goat parade and charity concert, capped there off with go. the roofing of the yeah. goats. And AJ Dillon is from where? I, mean, I know he went to BC. Do we know where he where he's from? He's not from there, but he has adopted Door County, and he is referred to as the mayor of Door County. Do counties okay. have I, mayors? I, no, the reason I asked the question is just more like I'm guessing this is a concept that AJ Dillon had never heard of prior to joining the Packers. No, uh, it's not. Because I sure haven't heard of it. But uh, his, you know, uh, sounds uniquely Wisconsin. His wife's family has like a house in Door County, and okay. he spends a lot of the off time in summers between camps up there. Okay, okay. So fair enough. Well, maybe maybe he'll be joined by uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but Mr. Simone Biles, I know, is now a Packer and was mm-hmm. asking for, you know, recommendations for what to do in, in the Green Bay area. So maybe they'll join him up there. A lot of people suggested uh, Door County, actually. Did they? Okay, there you go, yes. What is his name? Owens? Isn't that his last name? Yeah. Jonathan? Jonathan, yes, uh, that's it. Okay, okay, um, all right. My, my memory is better than I thought, yeah, so that's good, that's good. But, uh, all right, well, that, that I did not know. So... From the unexpected of A.J. Dillon to the unexpected news coming out of the golf world this week. That's a transition if there ever was one, but it's true. Both unexpected. So, to set the stage, I want to talk about what I understood was happening, and then you tell me what became. Okay. So, Live Golf was formed. The PGA said, if you go there... You cannot compete on the tour. Now, majors are accepted. Right. And I believe that there's still the opportunity for some open events to invite people. I think. Not a PGA Tour event. So, if you, the guys who have, who have gone are, are banned from PGA Tour events. So that, that does not include the four majors. The four majors are not owned, operated, run, anything by the PGA Tour. But anything else. So, like the Canadian Open, for example, this week, yes, that's a PGA Tour event. Yes, it's a national open. Those guys are not allowed to play if they wanted to. Okay. So, the PGA leaned on people, people like Rory McIlroy, people like Tiger Mm -hmm. Woods, and said, stay loyal. This is a cash grab with a terrible organization. Don't Mm -hmm. do it. And then lawsuits transpired about guys being able to play in events. Um, mm-hmm. Countersuits were filed. And all of that comes out in a wash this week where Live Golf and the PGA Tour and the, is it the World Tour? The DP World Tour, which used to be known as the European Tour, DP yeah. World is now the title sponsor of the organization. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's based in Dubai. 
mm-hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they've they've taken over title sponsorship of the entire tour. So, yeah, they're all kind of combined into one umbrella now, potentially. And we'll get to that element of it, I suppose. But yes, that's the announcement. So they've all merged. The trickling out news, you know, started with the PGA Tour members meeting where they called the director a hypocrite. Uh, and he, I, I would say to his credit, has kind of warned that and said, yeah, I, you know, I said these things and then I didn't because I thought this was better. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess to his credit, I agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like we, we see a lot of times in, in today's society that people take something that's very clear and say it's not true. Um, yeah. but it's also like, man, you know, and, and there's a lot to discuss with, with Monahan, the commissioner and how things have gotten here and what he's done. But he, yeah, I mean, in some ways he had no choice, but to wear that, uh, because, you know, a, a year ago this week on the week of the Canadian open, he was on CBS, uh, you know, discussing how, you know, the nine eleven families would be affected by this and how you've never had to apologize for being a member of the PGA tour. And now here we are. And it's like, you know, they're in stark contrast to each other in 365 days apart, basically. Yeah. So not great from a PR standpoint. Um, really not really not. And that is, I mean, I want to discuss that element of it because you know, you're not a huge golf fan. I know that, but you do, you're, you're aware of, you know, media, PR, things like that. Yeah. We, we both took school, took classes in that. And I think that's really an element to discuss in this. I, I mean, honestly, you know, the, 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 what becomes of golf PGA tour live, whatever there's, there's no answers to that right now yet. So it's kind of one of those, like having that discussion is, is premature because they have not given us any real details as to how this is going to work. Um, you know, you one thing you said that a few folks on this have countered is, you know, Liv and the PGA Tour are merging. Well, few people have pushed back on that notion. This isn't a merger. This is the PIF, which sponsors Liv. It puts the money in for Liv, agreeing to join with the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. And that could be important semantics for Monopoly arguments um, because if two competing entities merge do we have a monopoly it sure seems like it uh and and you know that's why one of the reasons i said potentially a few minutes ago like there could be legal ramifications to this that never that this doesn't come together but it's at least been announced that that's the intent yeah and and i have seen at least some reports that the live talking heads have said Mm -hmm. The live golf world will continue. Like, I mean, Dave said that, and then and then people on the PGA Tour side, including this guy Jimmy Dunn, who is a you know uh, on the policy board and and a big time you know deal maker, basically. And I believe he's the one who leaked the details about the compensation equity deal. Correct. Correct. Yes, and he also said like you know Jay Monahan is now is now going to be in charge of live and at the end of the year, they're going to evaluate live and, and that it may not continue. So there are just, 
there are blatant contradictory facts being put out there and only one, if either can be correct. Um, and that's the thing, like as much as someone like me who likes to follow golf wants to have the answers as to what, you know, professional golf aside from the four majors is going to look like, you know, in 2024, I don't know that any of those answers exist. I'm not sure the people at the very, very top know those answers yet. And, and that, kind of is a segue in some ways to like the PR of all this and how this has been handled. I, you know, I've thought about this a lot in the last few days and, and it just, and I, you know, for whatever reason they announced this when they did, maybe it was about to leak. I don't know, but it's a continuation of things that the PGA tour has done in the last 12 to 18 months where they announced something and then the follow-up questions are, okay, well, what does that mean? And the answer kind of comes across like, well, we're not quite sure, but we'll let you know. And, and it's just like, and I know they're dealing with an attack that, that you know, is making them have to jump. And, you know, but it's like, man, when you announce something, you ought to have some details, not maybe every little detail, but mm-hmm. some details finalized. And this is another one where, like, seems like they have none. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like there was an urgency to put it out but not enough urgency to have the answers yeah to, yeah like, and 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 there were no rumors of this at all i mean in today's world today's sports world and i'm sure news world in general you know how many things how many things get announced by the official source before we've heard some leak of it whether it's a trade, free agent signing, coach hiring, recruit committing, whatever, it very little surprises us anymore. It's you know like completely like whoa, I did not. And certainly the surprise doesn't usually come from the entities themselves announcing it. When you know yeah. when Kevin Durant gets traded to the Suns, it's not first announced by the Nets of the Suns. It's broken by Woj and Shams and blah blah blah. You know, and so this was such a rare thing to have it like, like zero clue this was coming. Even from people who cover golf have said like, there was no discussion of this at all, and to have it announced. And so you'd almost think like, well, in that case, you'd have all the details buttoned up, right? But no, they don't seem to have any details buttoned up. No, and that is, frankly, when it comes to the PR of it all. That's the biggest problem because it, yeah. you you now look like you just were offered a lot of money, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you took it, which which I think is accurate. Uh, you know, I think I think the legal fees were piling up. Uh, I'm sure you know. Yeah, it's you expensive. can speak to that from your experience. You know, I go lawsuits that stretch potentially years and years, which is what this was looking at. Piles up. And then, you know, sister to that is, and this is another example of the, you know, we're going to announce this great new idea, but we don't have much detail. You know, they have this idea. We're going to have these so-called designated events. We're going to raise the purses. Persons are going to be about double anything we have now. And, and you know, all the top guys are going to be there. When it first gets announced, it's they're going to be required to play them. Guys push back. Okay, well, they can, they can miss one. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Now, next year, it's, well, there's no requirement at all. So you're going to these sponsors, AT&T, Farmers, 
you know, Genesis, on and on and on, and asking them to foot the bill for the same tournament they've put on before for double, if not more, the amount of purse, and you can't even guarantee them they're going to get all the top guys. You know, I mean, so they're going to, oh, well, okay, you want us to put up a $25 million purse compared to 10, so we can can guarantee we're going to have McElroy, Spieth, Justin Thomas, all the, well, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, like it's, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to get sponsors to do that, and I think this is one of the reasons we're here. Is I don't think that idea was going as smoothly as it was hoped. I think it's hard to get these companies to pony up a lot more money without the guarantee, and maybe even with the guarantee that it's going to make their tournament that much better. Yeah, and now you have. Basically, a bottomless pit of cash yeah. to get yeah. people to come. And yeah, yeah, and and I mean, again, there's the whole element here of will this be will this be blocked by the, the Department of Justice in the U.S.? Will it be blocked by governmental entities in Europe? Uh, because you know you're you're involving the Saudis, you're involving the DP World Tour. This is not just a U.S. thing. Um, you know, and, and to the bigger point, I probably should have started here when you talk about how they've handled this from a PR perspective. You go back a year ago when Lives started, and the PGA Tour is really the ones who made it, you know, very personal, very defensive, very good guys versus bad guys. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're with us, you're the good guy. And if you're with them, you're the bad guy. And I'm not necessarily saying they were wrong. I mean, I think a lot of the guys who went to live were the guys that if you follow golf, you know, you always had the suspicion these guys aren't great guys. And, and this just sort of like crystallized it all in one group. Like, yep, these guys are who we thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, they didn't have to make it that way. They could have just said, hey, this is this is a competing tour. They're trying to diminish our value. They're, you know, they want to take our guys and play tournaments in the U.S. on the same weeks as our tournaments. Our rules don't allow that, which they didn't, and and not get the whole patriotism, 9-11, uh, you know, evil terrorist Middle Easterners involved in this thing. And they did, and now it's hard to, as somebody who, you know, took the side of the PGA Tour, myself and a lot of others, it's hard to square that with now where we are a year later, like, yeah, on paper, this makes sense. Take the money stop the lawsuits, get everybody back playing together. Sure, that all sounds great. But man, when you make it seem so clear that this is the face of evil, and now you're like, you know, well, yeah, yeah ten-minute meeting, and we trusted each other right away. And it's like, huh? How did, how did we get here? Yeah, I, well, and look, this is, when you go big picture, this is the problem people had with, the WWE doing Saudi shows. Sure. This is the problem people had with the World Cup going to Qatar. Right. It's like right. you're just putting it in places and doing things that don't make sense on a geopolitical level, but make sense on the like micro to your organization level of we're going to get money we're to do this yes. and we're yes. trying to get money. And it's, yeah. you know, it's yeah. the whole thing about, you know, uh, when Phil left and all those guys left and they were trying to argue it's not about the money. It's like, no, 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 it's about the money. And that's okay. 
You can just say, sure. look, sure. they're going to give me more money than I'll ever make, guaranteed, yeah. no matter how and, and I perform. To their, to their credit, you know, and this is probably a name you don't know because he's not a household name, but Harold Barner took the offer and has basically has never stood up and said, like, well, I went here because this is a new, exciting way to play golf and I believe in team golf. And I, no, he's basically said, like, this was more money than I could have ever imagined making and I couldn't turn it down. Like, yeah. all right. I mean, I don't love that. Like, I, I prefer you stay and, you know, play on the PGA Tour, but. It's hard for me to argue that logic. Yeah, I mean, it's like, one of those things where it's it. like if somebody wrote down a number on a piece of paper and slid it across the table to you, you sure. would leave your job and take that job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, and, and and so the guys who have been honest about it, Dustin Johnson has for the most part. Now, he's gotten a pass for his you know commitment to the PGA Tour last February and then being one of the first to go when the, when the thing actually started in June. But, like, he hasn't been, you know, telling us that this is some new great way to play golf. He wasn't part of – that's the other thing. Some of these guys are part of the lawsuit or were. They've all taken their names off of it now. But, you know, they, they, they wanted to go somewhere else and play, but then they sued the tour they were a part of to give them the right to play there. When, when we all know that, like, if they were able to – they'd play maybe two or three events. Like you're not you're not going to play a full PGA Tour schedule and live and the majors that you're going to be playing you know forty weeks a year. We know that's not true. So you're gonna you're gonna peg the Players Championship and uh, you know LA or whatever so you can make big money and that's about it. Uh, you know, but Dustin Johnson has and Barter has it. Those guys like I I I have a little more respect for them because like yeah they they took the money and they just kind of shut their mouths about it. But so many of them, Mickelson, certainly, Bryson DeChambeau, who goes on, you know, CNN on Tuesday night, uh, basically, you know, tells the, you know, 9-11 families it's time to forgive and forget. Uh, and not in so many words, but that was the message. Uh, you know, some of these guys are just, just buffoons. And that's why I say, like, it was easy to put an umbrella over so many of these guys and say, yep, you are the scum of the earth, just like we thought. And now you've gotten, to, we've gotten actual evidence of it. Yeah. But now it's like, who knows? I mean, and that's the thing. Like, in practical terms, is this a smart deal for the PGA Tour? It probably is. I mean, if you were facing some financial difficulties, even if not right away, but in the future, um, you can get your, you know, the top guys back together. You can have plenty of money. Uh, like, on paper, that all sounds great, but that. I go back to how they handled it the first half of 2022. You know, it's just hard to square that with, you know, we're going to work with the 9-11 families and, you know, if you go here, you're bad. And now a year later, it's like, well, yeah, I thought that, but now I don't think that anymore. And why don't I think that? Well, you know, because they came and offered a lot of money. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, a parallel, and I suppose it would be, like, if the major powers of college basketball realized we keep losing players to the G League Ignite and and, and these things. So, you know what? We're just going to form our own division in the G League, and we're just going to play for the G League title. And I know we said that the NCAA tournament and the banners and amateurism and all these things are important, yeah. but yeah, we're not going to do that. 
where yeah that, that's a, i mean that's an interesting interesting thought like yeah you know like basically you know saying well okay we'll we'll merge with the g league or we'll bring the g league under our umbrella and then those teams will compete for the ncaa tournament title the same way and be like well wait a minute i thought i thought it was all about being a college student and amateurism and all that stuff now that's uh, you know that's a laugh for a different day that it's all about amateurism but but nonetheless, yeah, that's a that's a reasonable parallel argument. It's or, or or comparison if it were to happen, it hasn't obviously um, of something like this. I I don't know. I mean, and then you know, I said like they're on the they're they're being attacked, and and you know they had to come up with these new ideas. And now this is probably more you know someone like me who follows golf closely, but like, this didn't come out of nowhere in 2022. It might feel like that if you don't follow golf regularly, but the threat of this had been on the horizon for years and, and the PGA tour kind of stubbornly put their head in the sand and basically was, you know, kind of took the approach of like, well, everything's fine. You know, our model works, not worried about it. And now that's why they've been on their heels the last 18 months. There was no proactive sort of, Hey, let's, what, what can we do here to try to head this off before it ever starts? Instead, it was just like, well, it, it, no big deal. We're fine. And and now here we are in 2023. And I think that's a big a big criticism of Jay Monahan should be not being proactive to try to head this off in 2019, 2020, etc. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I mean, again, I think like to the. To the non-golf fan like yourself, you probably never heard a word about it until last year. No, I when they I mean, announced that this was happening and Greg Norman was involved, that was basically yeah, my. Yeah. You know, but but there was an idea in probably eighteen or nineteen that the Saudis were involved with something that was going to be called the Premier Golf League, and they wanted to you know like have this sort. Of, they basically they worked with the people behind the Premier Golf League, and then they stole their idea and made it list for lack of a better name, you know, they ended up not working together and Saudis basically took their idea and used it. Team, you know, franchises, four golfers, 48 elite players or whatever, something like that. Um, and, and you know, so this has been coming and the PGL tried to work with the PGA Tour. And the PGA Tour kind of just ignored them. And and I get it in a way. Things were going okay. You had this new TV deal and you're coming off the Tiger era, which made the PGA Tour the dominant tour in the world. In the late 90s, that wasn't so much the case. Europe, the European Tour was maybe not equal, but very close. And and Tiger playing the PGA Tour, you know, made the money so much more in the U.S. that it became the dominant tour. But, man, it's just you look back now and think, like, could they have done something in 2018 or 19? to try to change the business model a bit and none of this ever happens. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know the answer because if the Saudis with that much money wanted to get involved, they're probably going to find a way to get involved somehow. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, that, that, that's sort of the, the thing that like, you just need to say, like, unless you're going to make a stand on principles, and the Saudis upset your principles, mm-hmm. the public investment fund has enough money to be involved in whatever. 
yeah. they have a Formula yeah. One race, and it, they get WWE premium live events, they have mm-hmm. a golf league. The English Premier League yeah. team now that they own. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're spending all kinds of money to bring guys to Saudi, you know, soccer players to play in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo and, and French ben, Benzema, I believe is his yeah. name, just signed a huge deal there. You know, so, yeah, they got a lot of money and they want to use it towards sport. And, you know, like, I'm not a big Roy McElroy fan as a player. I don't know why. I don't have a good explanation. I just have never really liked him all that much. But I, I kind of agree with what he said this week, which is like, hey, you know, if if their money is going to be involved in the sport, no matter what, better to have it, you know, supporting the sport and the structure of the sport that we're in than not. And then I, trying I to mean, undercut it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that's probably the way I will end up settling on this. I mean, I... I've run the gamut of, of feeling on this. I mean, you know, I don't know if I told you this, but like your text to me on Tuesday, I had not heard a word. I didn't know anything about it. Like you sent me the te- you sent me the story, and I'm like, am I reading this right? It was one of those I, I thought it was like you know, April Fool's joke or something like that. It was totally shocking. And those first few hours, I just felt stabbed in the back, basically. Like you know, and you and you go through that thought of like. Am I done watching professional golf except for the majors? Probably not. As, as you know, as the hours and the days go by, I realize, first of all, I still like the sport. Secondly, for many practical reasons, this is probably the right decision. But it still stinks. It just stinks as someone who kind of waved the flag for the PGA Tour the last year and thought, like, okay, I'm on, I'm on the side of the angels here to realize that, like, there are no angels. Like, the angels sold out as soon as the, the bidding was high enough. Like that, that kind of stinks as a fan. Yeah. And I shouldn't be surprised. That's what sports are. You know, we see, uh, guys leave teams they've been with forever. We, you see it in college sports now with the transfer portal. You know, I'm a, I'm a sun devil for life until it's a, you know, a better opportunity comes up. Like, okay, well, not really. Um, you know, I, I get it. But this was one that it just felt like there was a line in the sand and there was no way that line was going to be crossed. I mean, it really truly did feel like the PGA Tour was winning the battle. Liv was not gaining a lot of traction. Their their TV deal was a joke. They had stopped reporting TV numbers because they were so bad. Um, And it just felt like, you know, the Saudis will be done with this in a year or two. Just, you know, weather the storm and you'll be the winner. Mm-hmm. Maybe that wasn't the case. I don't know, but that's how it felt until Tuesday. Yeah. Well, and now it's interesting because I'm. Cu- I, I guess I should. Say, I'm very curious how player organizations' thoughts, feelings, votes are going to be handled uh, in a Saudi-owned league or a Saudi-backed league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is very curious how the whole thing is going to be. You know, like, again, some have have pitched this like, well, okay, they're going to invest some money, and Yasser, I don't know how it's pronounced, I'm not going to butcher the name, but he's going to be the chairman, but but Jay Monahan's going to be the CEO, and PGA Tour is still going to have the majority of board seats, and... Like, you know, basically we're all just going to come together and sing Kumbaya and the Saudis will put their money in, but we'll be able to run this thing like we always have and everything's going to be great. 
And if that's true, I'm like, oh, okay, I could probably adjust to the notion of Saudi money because all money is dirty in some way. And it's like, well, okay, whatever. But man, if they're putting in the most money, then they got the power. And well, and that's the thing. Like they could have yeah. the most seats now, right? But you Doesn't know, stay that way. Exactly. You know what happens when the Saudis say, you know, you know, we I know you have the tour championship and it's always in Atlanta, but you know what? We want it to be in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and because we're putting in the money, it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. And then the tour championship is on TV at one in the morning. Like, uh, this kind of stinks. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think those things are, are certainly, I mean, when you're footing the bill, you get the final call. That's how it works. It's the yeah. same as when, you know, WWE sold. And like, mm-hmm. you know, okay, everything's going well right now, but if Endeavor decides they want to go a different direction somehow, some way, they're going to do it. Because they run the show now. Vince McMahon doesn't, Triple H doesn't, Ultimately, Endeavor signs the checks. They can change things up if they want to. Yeah, they can just fire the next guy. Like, right. you, when it's a private thing like that, you can just fire down the line until you get the guy who will agree with you. Right, right. So that's why I say, you know, as a, you know, just a fan of the product, I kind of just want to, like, fast forward six months and see like, okay, what, what is the 2024 golf season look like? Are we going to have some team competition to sort of act like we've embraced live, but not really. I think that's in play. Um, But you know, then it's, uh, what does the future look like? You know, at some point, I mean, again, they're putting in all this money. They're going to want events in their backyard. Yeah. Not all of them. I'm not saying the entire, you know, but like it's not just going to be like, uh, oh yeah, well, we're putting all this money, but everything stays the same. I don't, I don't see that. I'd be surprised if that's the case. And maybe it will all stay the same for a year. Could be. And then yeah. it's going to be like, oh, you know, we want, you know, we need to have a couple events here. Uh, you know what? We kind of need to have the whole month of May here. Like, right. after the Masters, right. you're just going to come here for four straight weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when you're controlling the first strings, you control the agenda. And if they are, as it sounds like they're going to, then, you know, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, man. The whole thing is just, it's um, it's messy, and it's, to me, like, there'll be, you know, there'll be college courses probably taught on, how badly this has been handled from a management public relations perspective. I, I really think this is a, this is a clinic in how not to handle a tough situation uh, from the PGA tours perspective. And I don't know if Monahan survives his job. Um, part of me says he won't, but the other part of me looks at a guy like Roger Goodell, for example, different job I realize, but, Roger Goodell's been able to weather the storm early in his career by basically telling his constituents, look how much money I'm making you. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about anything else. I'm making you a lot of money. And Monahan's probably going to have that card to play. If the, if it does come to a, you know, who we want that? Well, well, look, I mean, look at this. Look at this deal I, I crafted. Look how much money you're all going to make. And a lot of guys might be like, well, yeah, he lied to us, but yeah, well, 
my wallet is fatter, so sure. Well, and the other thing is, there is value to being the punching bag. There is. You there know, is. Yeah. like the NFL yeah. chose to do nothing about Daniel Snyder, and so Goodell gets grilled on it, and they basically say, oh, right. well, we'll just never talk to your organization again. You, you've right. embarrassed Roger Goodell. Right. And he'll go home to his, you know, eight-figure-a-year salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and now, you know, the, the heat around Goodell isn't nearly what it was, but that's what I, that's sort of what I mean. It's like, 10 years ago, Ray Rice and all the stuff, you know, like in the mid-2010s, Man, you couldn't go four days without hearing something, you know, oh, this guy stinks. It's, uh, I can't believe this guy still has his job. Oh, you know, Jerry Jones wanted to organize a coup to get him out. And he just kind of like stayed the course. The The money went up, TV deals, et cetera, et cetera, stadiums. And now he's kind of very secure. In fact, they're going to give him a new contract, it sounds like. And he's going to be going on 20 years in the job. So. Yeah. Like, uh, this is why the notion of like, oh, there's no way Monaghan survives this. Like, eh, I don't know, man. I've, I've seen crazier things. I think it just becomes, is he, is it so hot that you just fire him to let the steam out? And it's like, yep, that was the guy. That was the problem. Could be. And you Could just be. take all the credit for the deals he made and the Could things be. he did. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be certain... He stays in the role, but you know, as somebody, some, I mean, I can't remember who I've read a lot of people on Twitter and stuff, you know, golf media, but somebody pointed out like, okay, well, so if he's the commissioner of the PGA tour and the PGA tour players don't, you know, they push him out. Well, he's still the CEO of this new entity. They can't mm-hmm. push him. I mean, the only one who could push him out of that is, is Yasser. Uh, yeah. The way I understand it at least. So it's like, well, do the players really have the power to push him out anymore? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. And, and, and you know, then there's the, the fallout of this. It's like, you know, well, you don't like it. You don't have to play the PGA Tour. Like, well, where are you going to play then? Mm-hmm. I mean, if this deal goes through, they've they've gobbled up just about everything. Yeah. You can go be a yeah, coach you know. at a club somewhere. Right, right. Or go play in Japan or something like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, like, I mean... There is no more European tour to compete because they're already aligned with the PGA Tour. They were before, and and the money there is just pales in comparison. And you know, so like, there really isn't like I, I read. You know, well, the, the you know the, the the Twitter smart Alex, like you know, well, Rory McIlroy was so bothered by Saudi money. I guess he's going to have to, you know, give up, stop playing the PGA Tour. Like, what what's he going to do? Start his own competing tour, and who's going to financially back that? The one entity that had endless sums of money and was interested in it has now joined with the PGA Tour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I guess he could try to get some of those Phil Tiger pay-per-view specials. He I needs guess, to just start. Guess, yeah, he just needs yeah, to start yeah, going yeah. after someone aggressively. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. The, you know, I read, you know, well, Tiger, Tiger should start his own tour. Like, yeah, Tiger's got a lot of money, but it's not, it's not endless money. Well, and like if Tiger started his own tour, which he's not going to, but like if he did, the money would dry up real fast because like he's not getting more. So the Saudis yeah. have a, a money printing machine because of the oil reserves. Well, and and here's a, a question that I think has to be asked in that. Is Tiger going to play? Because the biggest asset Tiger would have in this new tour is right. Tiger. So yeah. 
if he's not going to play. Yeah, he can't. I mean, so, you know, like, he can't play much. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I read somebody, I think it was the guy from CBS, Kyle Porter, who I, he's okay as a golf writer. But, you know, sort of a, I don't know if it was more of an observation or a criticism about, you know, it's hard to believe that, you know, the most important golfer of the last 40 years has not said a word about this yet. Like, what's he going to say? I mean, what what's he supposed to say? What's he going to say? Um, maybe unlike so many, like he's just going to like let things play out a little bit before he has anything to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, like maybe learn from everybody else having knee jerk reactions and just like, you know, he's not in the public eye right now. He's not playing. Um, he's spotted every now and again at his, you know, kids golf tournaments, but that's about it. Like it's a lose lose for him to say anything. Yeah. Well, I, and that's the other thing is like, well, he's been quiet on this. It's like, yeah, right. It hasn't. He right. hasn't had to talk about it. Like, he, no, he hey. hasn't had to. And and <laughs> like you said, I mean, is he? He's not playing. Yeah, he's not. An, he's not an active member of the tour. I mean, technically he is, but you know, he's played one PGA Tour event in the last twenty four months, uh, and that was the tournament he hosts in Los Angeles, and and it's not going to be much more than that. I mean, now he had another surgery in, you know, April after the Masters. I mean, his days as a full-time golfer are long in the rearview mirror. Um, he'll probably try to play some of the majors next year, I would assume, if the rehab from this surgery goes okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, it's it's, uh, it's not really it's not really his sport anymore. I mean, it, you know, it is and it isn't. What, here's he's a thing. dominant figure over it, but he's not an active member in it. The other piece of this is, he has more money than his children's children's children will sure. need. Sure. So he could just take his ball and go home. Yeah, he could. If he wanted yeah. to. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. because he can still, as you said, play the majors and not Which is really all he's expressed a desire to, to do over the last couple you know, since the car accident anyway. Yeah, so he just says, I'm playing the majors. I have no comment on anything else. Yeah. By the way, yeah. buy EA Sports Tiger Woods Golf, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? It's it's an interesting, again, there's just, there's just like the podcast I listen to that talks about golf. One of the guys is, is famous for saying, you know, we're so early in this. And I think, you know, he said it as a joke about this, but it's not really a joke. Like, we... We are so early in this to know where this is going, what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's it's just it's a it's fascinating, but it's also kind of just you know I don't know what the term is disappointing I, in some ways that you know you like I said you feel like you're on the good guy's side and then you realize like it's like following pro wrestling in a way it's like a wrestling storyline you know it's like oh, the the good guys are combining with the bad guys and it's like well what what now yeah. like i thought seth rollins was a good guy but then he just hit roman reigns with a chair and he combined with the authority like how how do i reconcile this but that's tv this is real this is actually happening mm-hmm. yeah no it's um it's an interesting time for sports overall and this sport in particular yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like, 
I've heard a lot of the golf media say this, and I, I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you thinking the same thing. Like, I love, I like golf, but I, I sort of miss the days when the hot button golf topic was, you know, do you think Tiger can get to 18 majors? Now, now to talk golf, it's like you got to have a political, you know, like you got to talk about Saudi Arabia's oil reserves and the Department of Justice monopoly. And it's like, man, I, I like, can I just, can I just not? Can we just avoid this? But I guess no. The answer is no, not right now. That's that's part and parcel of following the sport. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's hard. I, I mean, it's, you know, sports to me right now is hard. And I love sports. It's still the first section I read of the paper every day. <laughs> but it's like, it's it's always sort of been available as a distraction, but now it's not even a distraction because there's so much wrong with sports or so yeah. much uh, concerning things that you have you know that you didn't have to think about before. And and I'm not saying that it's bad. You know, a lot of this stuff feels like stuff that maybe we should have been thinking about before. Like maybe the jacked up segment on you know, right, NFL, right, you know, yeah. the Sunday night NFL show and Monday NFL yeah. countdowns, not great. You know, maybe we don't want that. Maybe we shouldn't be. Featured, no, you're right. You but, but I think, and I don't know if this is necessarily, but I, as you're saying it, you know, in some ways it's like, you almost want that, that naivete and that innocence back. Yeah. You know, like maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe we shouldn't have celebrated that back in 2005. But in some ways, it's like, I kind of wish we still were like, you know, or I wish I wish it was still that way. Like, there's a lot of things like that. I mean, not just even stuff like we you and I have talked about, like the NCAA basketball tournament and how all the games are on TV now. You can watch any game you want. And in some ways, it's like, man, I kind of miss the days of only one game being on at a time and the live cut ins at the end of the game. You know, there was something electric about that. Now you don't have that. Now it's like, well, okay, I want to watch the last five minutes. I'll just go to True TV. Like, okay, and yeah, on the surface that's better, but is it better? Has it made the tournament better? I don't, I don't know if it has. Weirdly, yeah. Well, it's taken some of the specialness of like where you live dictates the game you get, right? But then right. if something good is happening or it's a blowout and they cut away, it's like, oh, that's you know, a special thing is happening over here. Now exactly. it's like, yeah, ooh, this is this. There's 30 seconds left, and the 14 seed is tied with the three seed. Let's get you to that game. Like, all right, yes, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 again, I realize saying that it sounds stupid. Uh, you know, like, well, you could just turn to that game. Why, you know, but sometimes, I mean, I think that with golf, there's a lot of complaints about you know golf on TV, and they don't, oh, they don't start coverage until this, or oh, that you know, the Masters first couple rounds they only show three hours on tv it's like do we need wall-to-wall coverage the u.s open next week which i'm looking forward to is on nbc from 10 a.m to 8 p.m on saturday so they're going to show probably every single shot you know or or at least they won't show every shot but like from the start of the round to all the way to the end do we need to see all that really I mean, like, do I need to see the guys that are 15 shots back in the lead finish out before the leaders even tee off? Probably not. 
you know, like I could probably live without that, but it's just more, more, more type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I don't know. There's, there's, I mean, it's a, it's an odd thing to say because like, okay, no one's forcing me to watch it. It's not like anybody's, you know, holding a gun to my head and saying, you have to watch all 10 hours of this coverage or else. But it's just kind of like, maybe we don't need that. Maybe come on the air at three or two. Show me the whole final round of the leaders. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just more doesn't always equal better. I guess is maybe the simplest way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm just sort of at a at a loss as a fan for some of these things and the choices that happen. But, you know, whatever. It's I mean, it's just, you know, things change and we we've, we've talked about it a lot with college. We I mentioned it earlier that, you know, the way college sports has changed even from when we went to college. The transfer portal, the, the NIL, things that on the surface I think are probably good but have made it hard harder to be a fan. I don't I don't think that can be disputed. The NIL not so much, but the transfer portal certainly has. I, I mean I don't yeah. I don't know how a how a fan could say different that it's you know, look at our basketball program. We had a good season last year, we make the tournament and we have what? One or two key guys coming back from that team. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow as a fan. Like, and you feel like you're building something, and then it's like, well, start all over again next year. Well, then you get the I'm, you know, the I'm coming back guys, right? You know, and it's like, well, but you're not now. You you told me you were coming back, and then you're leaving. Like, right, right. Don't I mean, don't you know, give yeah. me the video package that you went and got done. Like. Jaden Daniels and, and Cambridge and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. Now, again, do I, do I think that, you know, college athletes should be stuck in one place while their coaches can hop around for better opportunities? No, I really don't. Um, but it is, it is one of those changes that while it's made things more fair and more, more, you know, just for the athlete has made it, kind of suckier as a fan yeah or, or lack of a better way to say it you know just like you and i used to at you know in in november december we'd look ahead to the next football season in march we'd look ahead to the next basketball season and you could pick out like well okay these guys are freshmen sophomores they're not good enough to go pro so we'll have them back and and now you can't do that anymore it's it's a fool's errand to even try that until you know a couple of months before the season when you finally have a good grasp on who's on your roster. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is one of those, like, be careful what you wish for type of things. And I'm not saying fans were necessarily in droves wishing for it, but, you know, like, well, yeah, that sounds great. Players should be able to transfer more and, and be able to play right away. I think that's fair. Yeah, it is. But it also kind of stinks. Well, and it's the combination of the two with that. It's the transfers plus the NIL because you just immediately get this stratification between, like, the teams and fan bases who have either a huge, rabid fan base of rich people or one mega rich person. Right. And it makes it kind of impossible. You can't keep up, yeah. 
yeah, and you're and you're losing, you know, Warren Washington to Texas Tech, and you're like, well, I mean, I, I know that Texas Tech played for the national championship four years ago, but it's not a basketball power. And it's a good program. I'm not I'm not crapping on them, but you know, it's it's not losing Remy Martin to Kansas. That one you could kind of swallow a little easier. Mm-hmm. Stinks, but it's also like, oh, geez, man, you got a chance to play for Kansas, okay? But losing a guy who was only here one year because he transferred from, what, two other schools mm-hmm. to go to another school, to go to Texas Tech, like, gosh, it just, it does make it tough. Uh, again, and I, I'm with you, like, I still love sports, and I always will. Um, but as time goes on, does some of the, does some of the magic of it, and maybe that just has to do with getting older, too. I mean, it, it, it might very well be. That just, you know, the more you follow a sport, the more you see guys come and go and things, you know, and it's just like, well, this isn't, you know, this is why old men talk about back in my day, things were so much better. Uh, You know, maybe that's all it is. But, you know, I think I think back to that U of A basketball game this year where we won on the buzzer beater to have, you know, the three quarter court shot. Mm -hmm. Great, great, great moment. But I, I do remember in the in the hours after thinking like, man. Ten years ago, this would have felt like the greatest day of the year for me, and now it's just like, wow, that was really cool. But it, it's just—it's not quite the same. You don't have the same emotional connection to the team when the players change all the time, and I—and I—I I think that can't be dismissed. Like the, a lot of the players on this team last year just got there, so like I don't have that same feel as I did when Jeff Pendergraft was here for four years. Yeah. Well, because you don't watch them grow, and you know right. when Jalen Graham right. got good, he left. Yeah. You know? Whereas, you know, I mean, I know you and I both love Jeff Pendergrass, and and the timing of his career plays a role into that. We were there for his his career arc, um, but you know, he was a guy who went from a kind of a middle of the road recruit to a decent freshman who could have left. Coaching change. He had the chance to leave. He didn't. And he became the heart and soul of our team his last two years. All, an all-pack 10 player, NBA draft pick. Like, those are the guys that you, you you know, you remember. And, like, to, to cross sports, Jaden Daniels was, you know, big-time recruit, you know, starter as a freshman. You, you know, you, you come to love this guy or, or you know, maybe love slash hate the guy, but you, you live with him, you know, you ride his roller coaster. And then he goes to LSU and it's like well, that kind of stinks well then uh, he mean, says it, he's coming back and then he goes to LSU exactly <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that's a you're right to point that out that's an important distinction um you know like it just again I I say all this and I'm not necessarily like pounding the drum for like we need to go back to how it used to be but it's just like it's an example of like change doesn't always make things better and I don't, you know, and that's the golf stuff. It's, I mean, one of the guys he used to write for ESPN, Kevin Van Valkenburg, probably mm-hmm. read some stuff. Now he, now he works for No Laying Up, the golf podcast, and he wrote a thing about this this week and talked about the Pat Riley, you know, concept of the disease of more. Everybody always wants more. This is why dynasties don't last forever because guys want more shots, they want more money, they want, and and it's so ap- applicable to so many things in sport. I think that it's like. We always want more, and we can't just be content with things being good. It's like, well, we got to go get more. And again, as I said 
15 minutes ago, more doesn't necessarily equal better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just it. So it's the same thing about having access to all the games. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We, you know, it, it's exactly, yeah. Yeah. Or, or 10 hours of major championship golf coverage on one day or, you know, like I, I mean, I will always remember Tiger Woods first masters that he won, uh, you know, like it was, it was on TV for two hours in the afternoon on Thursday and Friday. Um, there was no internet then, you know, like I didn't know he had the lead until I got home from school that afternoon. And again, I realize it's a completely different time in the world, but I always think back to that, like the, the, the magic of that. Like I got home from school and my dad told me Tiger Woods had taken the lead after two rounds of the masters. Like, that doesn't happen for kids nowadays. Yeah, you nowadays just check they on have your phone. phones in the, in the classroom and they'd know they'd be watching shot for shot coverage if they wanted to during the school day. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I sound like an old man. I totally realize it. But sometimes you, sometimes you look back to how things used to be, and it's like, man, it, it seems worse, but was it? Maybe mm-hmm. it was better. Yeah. So, well, that was a fun little... <laughs> now, all that said, I, you know, I still love it, and I'm counting the days to football season, and I'm you know following baseball, and I'm watching college baseball, and... I, I still enjoy it because the, the thrill of following sports is still what gets me going. But yeah, it, it, you know, sometimes you think about it and it, it can be a little bit of a like, uh, was it, was it better 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Yeah. I don't know. I guess there's no answer to that, but sometimes it feels like yes. Well, we will be back to talk about all of that and more until next time. He's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.